Well, greetings, dear listeners, and welcome once again to an episode of Redemption Meditations. Uh, as per usual, as, as per our podcast covenant, I'm joined by Steve and Dana. How are you, gentlemen, this evening? Doing okay. My Doing automatic good. move. My automatic move around camera keeps moving all around here. <laughs> Automatically, it's, it's all automatic. So I, I'm. If you're watching on uh, video. <laughs> I don't know why it's going so far up. I'm gonna have to sit on a booster seat. We, we may we may need to be sponsored by Dramamine. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's gonna be car sick. <laughs> well, this evening we are uh, going to be redemptively meditating on a related topic uh, to our last episode. Um, so on our previously uh, previously on redemption meditations. Uh, we discussed uh, the law of God and uh, its goodness and the uses of it, um, and frankly, I found it quite edifying. Um, I thought it would be interesting if we spun off slightly uh, into the topic of uh, antinomianism. Uh, so I guess just to kick it off, um, would someone, or even both of you, want to venture a definition of antinomianism given our, our last discussion. Um, so I, I think a simple definition is it's not really against the law. It's um, uh, what the law uh, outside of the law, like the law, an antinomian doesn't look at the law as binding in any way. Right. When we say that as a, a simple definition, I would say that. So, um, so we could say something. Paul addresses this. He'll say, "So should we um, continue to sin that grace may abound? May it never be that type of thing." The attitude of a person who, well, God's going to forgive us. So, um, it, there's even a, a. It's meant to be humorous. I think um, you know, sort of cliche where people are like, "Well, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission." You know, so there's Ew. that idea of of. Um, you know, if I've broken God's law, he's going to forgive me anyway. So, you know, I might as well just do what I want. But that's sort of a crude and crass way of thinking about antinomian. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a almost lightheartedness about things that are cosmic crimes, right? Are, 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 are treasonous acts against your creator and God and just the shrug your shoulder, you know, the wink and the nud, you know, and the nod and the, you know, the, the elbow jab that's, nah, what are you going to do? You know, eh. <laughs> you know, it is now, I don't think somebody who we would say is falling into that would probably describe it that way. They would, they would describe it more charitably than that. They would make a, a, a defense of it more than that, but it that is what it is that, that, that and they would go ahead they would say something like um you know i'm following the the holy spirit right so so this sort of vague like the holy spirit is leading me to well, well that thing is against god whatever that you claim that the holy spirit is leading you to is actually counter what the bible commands um if, if that's the case, then then the Holy Spirit is not leading you to that. 
Yeah, God is not a contradictor of God. Right. He can't lie, and he doesn't forget. So it's not like he forgot that he said a certain thing and declared a certain thing uh, unholy uh, and sinful. So if you say the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something that is blatantly contradicting a commandment of Scripture, um, then obviously it's not God leading you to that. It's it's your own it's your own sinful spirit that is leading you to that. It's like there's such a movement, um, and I don't know. Maybe this is changing in our society today, but there's been such a movement away from anything that sounds like legalism, mm-hmm. um, which it's almost like. So let's swing the pendulum as far the other way as we can or or somewhere in that other continuum. We don't want to be legalists. So therefore we need to be antinomian. Right. And, and, um, you know, they wouldn't say it that way, but we don't want to be legalists. We want to follow the Holy spirit and the Lord gives Mm -hmm. us freedom. And, you know, so, um, yeah, there's a danger there of downplaying God's law. There's a little bit of a correlation here, I think. When uh, you consider the the uh, prodigal son story, right? So you have the the older brother who's who could represent for our dis- the sake of our discussion the legalist mm-hmm. who yeah. doesn't particularly love dad either, and, and is just kind of waiting and hoping that he'll just hurry up and die, but is gonna white knuckle good behavior even though his heart actually isn't in it. Uh, just to put on airs or, or clothe himself in the appearance of being the good one. And then you've got the other guy who wants dad to hurry up and die because he doesn't love dad, but wants the inheritance. So so when we think about someone who's an antinomi- uh, adhering to antinomianism, uh, they like the idea of the eternal inheritance of heaven. But don't really uh, care for the God who rules there Mm -hmm. and wants to follow their own heart. But then at sort of like the last second, be on the team, right? I hate my dad. I hate where I live. I uh, hate this place. I hate how we do everything. But if he would hurry up and die, I'd really like to own the whole place and and inherit it, right? Yeah. I want to go do everything that is the opposite of all the all of our family culture, right? Um, but I also want to own everything that you've established here and the way and benefit from all of the blessings that come from the culture I've established here. But I don't want to hear adhere to it. I don't want to be bound in any sense by it in any way. Uh, I just want you know, the benefit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Super helpful. Thank you, Kings. Thank you. (laughs) No, no, no. There is only one King. Okay. (laughs) So I want to pivot slightly. Um, So very helpful definitions. Um, Maybe for folks who thinking about this, would you venture on some examples, especially because in strike me down if this is not a, a fair characterization, but I think that there can be um, gradations of antinomianism, not saying that gradations, some are less sinful than others, but some are 
less blatant than others. Some are sneakier, I, I might even say. So uh, would you want to give an example of um, a, a very blatant example of something that's antinomian or a, an attitude or action that is antinomian? It may be something that's a little sneakier that, that might take a little more discernment to actually determine is an antinomian action or attitude. So, so let me throw one out. Um, uh, a more blatant example would be the person who um, maybe grows up in a Christian home or, or is saved at a younger age and then um, uh, wants to um, uh, live with his girlfriend, say. Um, and, you know, maybe they were genuinely converted, um, you know, maybe not, but maybe genuinely converted as far as everybody can tell. And yet wants to do this and, and, and sees it as, you know, like, well, or, or let's just say it's, it's even less than not just, um, immorality, but like dating an unbeliever for the, which is for the purpose of marriage. Right. So dating an unbeliever, um, which only leads to bad things, but. I mean, typically, right? But um, but because they're a believer, uh, they claim to have the freedom to be able to do that, right? The, the, law, the, the Bible doesn't say, I can't do this. Um, well, it, it actually kind of does, but, you know, that, that's kind of a, um, so either there's kind of an extreme there of the, you know, wanting to sleep with his girlfriend, and then there's the, the like, well, just sort of coming up along the edge of that sin, and living like the world in that way, um, you know, I want to live the sort of the sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle, um, uh, you know, and as opposed to, and it's always the, 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 that pendulum swing of legal, like it's a rebellion against what they see as legalism, um, you know, like, oh, my parents never let me date you know, when I was in high school, you know, like that's the, they told me we were supposed to kiss dating goodbye. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then hello again. And then goodbye again. (laughs) Sorry goes. I know that might be one example. Um, you know, or you, you could put like smoke a pot in that, in that category for, for a believer. Um, uh, in, in some cases you could talk about, uh, depending on the, case you could talk about alcohol in the same kind of way um particularly if we're talking about drunkenness or or not even doesn't have to be necessarily drunkenness it might just be given too much mm-hmm. um you know given too much wine mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of like examples like that where you really are living a worldly lifestyle um but yet claim christ uh and and where the law doesn't influence you at all and it's either a it's either a um just a a dismissal of god's law or an or a complete ignorance of god's law um the american church over the last whatever 50 75 years especially probably through a lot of the history but even especially the last 50 70 like since world war ii the the sort of consumer culture of the U.S. has really infected the church, and I think that's led to a lot of antinomianism. So they're being taught that too, right? Mm-hmm. They just show up on Sunday, you know, it's about a relationship and not 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 religion, and that usually that means, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a pushback against anything that they would call legalism. We might call it even the third use of the law. We might call it the things we talked about last week. Um, but, but it's really just a, just a wanting to live like the world. Mm-hmm. I, I can give a, a, a more subtle example too. There, there's some subtle ones in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a more subtle one is like the, uh, um, the, the God, God broke the law for love type of argument. Oh, that's where I was going to go. Yeah, that's exactly, that's <laughs> classic. I think a classic. Or, or the unhitched the Old Testament argument. Classic. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a, um, the, the person who, so in this case, you know, like a couple of preachers, bad preachers, but um, it, it's the, it's the take any of God's law. Like that just doesn't apply to us today. That was for then. This is for now. And it 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 unhitches the old testament, the old covenant from the life of the believer, and it's not meant to be. the The New Testament tells us it's not meant to be disconnected. Paul specifically, all Scripture, and and throughout, he says it in Second Timothy, and throughout Second Timothy, when he's referring to Scripture, he's clearly refer. He actually uses the phrase sacred writings. To mm-hmm. refer to scripture earlier, I think it's in chapter one, um, and he's referring specifically to the Old Testament. You know, you you've you've learned the sacred writings from a, he's talking about because the New Testament wasn't even finished yet. Um, yeah. If they had any of it at that point, you know, it's all word of mouth and, and maybe mm-hmm. some letters are circulating, but they like they do the old. Yeah, I think I just uh, should add. I, I just should add to be clear. Um, Peter calls Paul's writing scripture. So there's an, there's a, there are those who believe that the stuff that Paul and Peter and, and the apostles are saying are part of scripture. So I just want to make sure we understand that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. No, that's okay. I, I think that what we're getting at here is a desire for people to abandon the idea of some sort of cultural distinctness, or if we wanted to say it in maybe a meaner way, uh weirdness right christians should be weird right now yeah. that doesn't mean somebody Amen. who just happens to be weird <laughs> is godly there are just people who are weird i don't that's i'm not equating that but you know we should be different we should hold to things that the world just thinks that is just weird and inevitably what happens is the stuff we want to unhitch ourselves from are things that are remarkably unpopular in the culture. It always works that way. I'll hold fast to the stuff that the culture's still okay with. Yeah. And the stuff that the culture hates is the stuff that's behind us, right? And, and we can let that stuff go. It, it 100% of the time is going to work that way because, I mean, this is a matter of loyalty, right? I'm just not, my heart isn't with God. I'm not, I don't look at this as being, and this is maybe taking the discussion in another place in another direction, but we are saved from the law, but we're also saved to the mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. right? The, the, if you'll allow me this illustration, the gigantic boulder on our back has been removed. Like we're not under that crushing weight of, of the burden of the law. 
but the law is there for human flourishing. It is for our good. It is for, you know, and we're saved to it in a way that we weren't before. Before it was just the mirror, you know, that shows us how terrible we are. We're crushed under the weight of it. All of that's gone, but the law is not gone, right? It's not just like, oh, it's a free for all now because I'm under grace. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But but according to First Corinthians nine, to be <clears throat> to be under grace is to be under the law of Christ. Um, when Paul's talking about like to the Jews, I became a Jew, uh, though I'm not myself under the law, meaning being subjected to the law, as you were saying, with the boulder on your back. Um, but then to the Gentiles, as one outside the law, but not actually being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, um, who fulfilled the law, um, but doesn't abolish it. Uh, fulfillment is not a abolition of the law um so no you're you're exactly right so well in in romans uh man i'm doing this point blank romans four i think is where paul says um uh no we uphold the law which is not to be legalistic yeah but is to properly respect the law um as given by god for our benefit even even being under christ it's so important. I mean, I'm just going to put a plug in here to read your Bible. Right? It's so important to understand, like, Paul argues both for both things. He argues for the law and for grace, right? He, like, so I, I, I don't remember who it was. Somebody, it might have been Martin Lloyd-Jones. I was reading an article earlier um, that, that said, if you preach grace well, you might at times sound antinomian. So... <laughs> That's true. So, I've so heard there's, that. Yeah. So there's the idea, and 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 this has come up. It's come up uh, pastorally to me. One of the passages that it, this is our life. If if we have a life verse as a church, it's Romans eight one, right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, and and that's in response. That verse is in response to Paul wrestling with his sin in chapter seven. Mm -hmm. And so in the life mm -hmm. of a mature believer who is wrestling to put their sins to death, that reminder is so important, right? That's why I say it all the time. But it also can be seen as very antinomian. If you show up once in a while and you're living, you know, you, you don't, um, uh, maybe you go to church, you know, once a month or, or something like that when it's convenient and, you know, you're a believer um, but other things kind of crowd out your worship. Um, you know, is it is it legalistic to say, actually, it's the Lord's Day, you should show up every week, right? Is that legalistic? N not necessarily. Not like, at there all. There might be some legalistic attitudes behind that, but not really, right? It is, it is a joy, a privilege, and a responsibility to show up on the Lord's Day to worship. We live in a unique time that, you know, I can go to six flags on a sunday or i can go to church <laughs> yeah. and most people it was either you you know work in the throughout history it was either you you work in the garden you know you work in the fields or or, or, or you're like that's your only other option mm -hmm. <laughs> right it's either work or church you know there's very little time for recreation or anything like that we live in a time where there's all kinds of time for that so we like to say oh whoa, whoa you know I, I i go to church often and pretty soon you know that person is at church once a month or three times a month or whatever other things anything else gets in the way sports or whatever and 
they hear a phrase when they come, there is therefore no condemnation. And they think to themselves, hey, I'm good. There's no condemnation. But that's actually antinomia. That's actually not that like that verse is not intended to give you assurance that you don't that you can continue to um to slide into uh, lax christianity well a, a reformation distinction is the proper balance of law and gospel that's been the hallmark of the reformation for over 500 years so yeah um you know because if you do and and we see this happen <laughs> if we see people talk so much about the grace of God, but never mention um, his righteousness or his justice or his law, um, you veer off in a dangerous direction. And if you only emphasize righteousness and justice uh, and uh, and keeping the law, but never talk about the grace of God that enables you <laughs> to obey, then you will, will also go off in a, in a, a dangerous direction. There, there's a ditch on the right and on the left. Uh, yeah. And maintaining that balance and staying in the proper biblical lane is really important. Amen. Yeah, I think it's a, it, I, I think it, this reveals <laughs> itself uh, when, when the, the issue is, you know, what are your affections? Where do your affections lie? What, where, where are your loyalties? Where, what, what, what do you desire? Right. That's where it becomes uh it sort of bubbles up to the surface in into antinomianism right that i i don't particularly love jesus i don't particularly want to be like him i don't feel any desire to be holy you know now now we're all doing we're all pursuing holiness very imperfectly and and, and there's right. going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be low marks and high marks and all, that's all true but the idea that like I just don't feel that much interest in in pursuing Christ likeness at all. Always means I'm interested in pursuing something else. It's not mm -hmm. like no, not no Christ likeness. Just new, I'm just wafting through the air, right? Like a speck of dust in the room. It's never that. You're always drawn toward a different light, right? You're always mod conforming yourself to some other image always because we're made to worship so we're going to uh pursue after something else someone else you know in some way for sure and we just kind of want to stand under the banner of christianity right yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, but it but it always works that way that i just want to i want the uh approval of the world I want to be popular in the world. I want to be celebrated. And if given the choice, well, then I'll break away from the law. I'll break away for what God has commanded for my good, for human yeah. flourishing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and pursue something different. I want to throw a, a couple texts your direction and get and get some some comments and reaction to. Um... You can't text on a podcast, Lee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know how this works. Yes, this is primarily an, an auditory <laughs> medium. Although yeah. you should subscribe uh, on Facebook <laughs> or on Facebook on YouTube, <laughs> and the video will be there if you want to punish yourself with these images and uh, 
and Dana's Steadicam. See, see Lee's library and uh, Dana's <laughs> car sickness cam. <laughs> it really is. I move and it follows me. They're yeah. all over move the place. my hand up. That's right. Oh, it didn't follow my hand. Take your Dramamine first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't uh, sit still well. It's all right. Sorry. Go ahead. Text us. Okay. Fire away. So, um, one is sort of a uh, an interesting piggyback. So, in in John fourteen, Jesus plainly says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." Um, and then echoing that, the disciple Jesus loved says in First John two four. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Um, I find these two passages together to be uh, – uh, to speak to this issue of antinomianism, um, hyper-grace, um, hating the law, whatever you know, whatever moniker you want to put on it. Um, I think they speak pretty clearly to that. Um, would you consider these primary texts for combating – if if we were to approach this issue, if somebody were to to ask or or, or possibly we see in someone an antinomian streak, because like remember, you know, if you love Jesus, you will obey His commandments. I would, yeah. I think those are great. I think all, all of the uh, uh, passages in the New Testament about uh, bearing good fruit, fruit bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, uh, you yeah. will know them by their fruit. You know, those, that's another place I would go as far as you're not going to live like a world that hates God and be uh, popular and celebrated in it and totally at home in this world and also say, but I'm really a citizen of heaven, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go draw near to Jesus every week, but I definitely want to be in his heaven after I die doesn't work. That's not how it works. And, and if, if someone lives like that, it is fair to say, look, you made a profession of faith, but the Bible's pretty clear about what follows true conversion. And I'm struggling here a little bit with seeing that in your life. That's a fair question under those circumstances. And boy, people won't like that at all uh, yes, right it might be a rough very true people will it's not a rough conversation but <laughs> if we really love them and we see you know things that are concerning and i not a thing that's concerning but like a pattern of life that just doesn't comport with regeneration mm -hmm. then it then we ought to say help me understand where how you're doing like help me understand what's going on with you it doesn't have to be some big clobber, I'm angry at you thing necessarily, but it should be expressing concern about the state of their soul. You know, yeah. you should be bearing good fruit. Now, at first, especially a new believer, it might be rough, man. Mm -hmm. It could be two steps forward, three steps back, but, you know, there should be some sort of bearing of good fruit, some sort of uh, certainly desire for Christ, yeah. right? It might just be you the know? bud that opens up that fruit will come from later, but it's right. at least growth. <laughs> right. There should right. be yeah. some indicator, but that doesn't, we're not saying if you follow the law hard enough, you will be regenerated. The order here is really important, but yeah. it should be there, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, I think I think that's the book of James too. Um, you know, especially if you take like uh, the the kind of juxtaposition of of Galatians and James, um, where Paul and Galatians is battling the legalism. They they wanted to go back to uh, the the laws of Israel, right? They wanted to go back to that, um, and and he's telling them, look, you've been set free. And, and, and you are free indeed, you know, so they yeah. wanted to go back to that. And in, in James, there's this, this idea of, um, of, of it being the other, the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Like, uh, um, faith without works is dead. You, you, you prove to me that you're a believer, right? Prove to me that you love the Lord. Prove to me that you love the, the brethren, um, that you're willing to, the John, the first John, passage the whole letter of first john um to put a commentary plug in early john stott has a commentary on first john that's excellent and um i think it's in the tyndale i have it somewhere but it's in the tyndale commentary series tyndale new testament commentaries but um he traces those there's three tests of belief in uh the, the epistle of first john and um uh love do you love god do you obey his commands do you love one another i think that's what those three tests are but if if you say that you love god but you or if you yeah if you if you say that you're a christian but you don't love god um then you're not a christian and, and the the connection there is jesus said if you love me you'll keep my commandments right so so the, the, the idea You're of saying to love, love God, God and love but, our neighbor as ourselves, right? Exactly. Right. That, yeah. that's, that's the, that has been so um, like eye opening to me in praying that every week. Like I don't love the Lord. I, I prayed in our pastoral prayer every week as a prayer of confession, because I don't love the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. In fact, this side of heaven, I'm not going to. And I'm, but, but I'm going to strive to do those things. I'm going to strive to be obedient to Christ's commands, to love the Lord. I mean, Jesus said that's, that's the summary of the law. And there's no, there's no like, okay, well, you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> right. In the new yeah. Testament, yeah, that that's not, that's not, that's the law. That's not necessary. In fact, in fact, that's actually how we confuse the law and the gospel. Because when Jesus answers that question, what is the greatest commandment? That is very specifically the law. Yes. <laughs> he is quoting and he tells him the law. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the Pharisees agree with him. Mm -hmm. That's right. Th those two. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, and that's not the gospel. That is the mm -hmm. law. But but those two things are how we live the Christian life. Right? That yep. that the, they're not they're not done away with. The gospel yep. says. Jesus kept them for us, mm -hmm. and and uh, Jesus fulfilled the law. He he did those two things. The, the whole summary of the law. He did those two things very specifically. He loved the Lord as God with, with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loved his neighbor as himself, and uh, glorified the Father in heaven. He prays about that in John chapter seventeen. Um, like Jesus fulfilled that law, and so that then to then say you don't have to worry about that. Um, is a is uh, that that's like a, an, a kind of an extreme antinomian, right? Like a Christian should not be able to say you don't actually have to love God 
in order to be a Christian, <laughs> right? Or or your neighbor, you know, it, like a Christian should not be able to say that. No, the commandments of God are not burdensome. Right. Not for us. No. <laughs> right, they seem like a heavy lift for the, the for the unbeliever, though. Because they are, well, they, you, you they, it's yeah, impossible. They should be. They should be crushing, right? right? We right. You, the 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 law is there. I think it, Paul says, right, so that sin may increase. He doesn't mean so you'll sin, so you'll do some more sinning. He means <laughs> you don't know the half of it. Like you <laughs> yeah. think, like it's you're you're so. However terrible you think you are, you're way worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's why that's one of the uses of the law for someone who is for the unbeliever, right. Is to, in a sense, like crush you. Right. right. So that you are at that state where it's like, Oh no, now how, how can there be any hope for me? And that's when we can say, I'm so glad you asked that question. And then you give them the gospel. <laughs> you don't give them, well, you just need to love God and Got love him. people harder, right? Like that's not <laughs> that's not the message that, right. that we have for the world, which is kind of ironic because, you know, there, I, it, you don't have to look long to find churches where like, you know, right there on their homepage, their message to the world is love God, love people, which is the law. Right, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> It's not that we shouldn't do that, but like, yeah. that's not our, that's not the primary thing we're to proclaim to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you hate God uh, n by nature. So right. you've got to be reconciled to God before you can love God. And you can only really love your neighbor once you're in relationship with God. Otherwise uh, that, it's just pure transactions. That, uh, uh, I served at a church uh, in another state that that was our motto, love God and love others. <laughs> and um, like, it didn't even dawn on me until like, you know, that that's actually the law. That's the law. Yeah. <laughs> our, our message is the law. Yeah. The 10 <laughs> well, commandments, you know, right? right? It's the right. four and then the other six. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I do think you know. the undercurrent in American church culture I don't even want to say evangelicalism. I'm just saying American church culture as it's evolved over the last hundred years or so with a with a pietistic, moralistic bent does latch on to the law like that. Even though they're actually not good at keeping it, they might not even respect it, but we're used to earning things. And so if we do this, then we will earn whatever good things come our way. Now, they might not actually teach that, but that is – the necessary um, outcome of that of that type of thing, like once you mark yourself with the law, you know you're teaching people that you are you are only what you do. Um, yeah, who who you believe in, um, the grace of Christ applied to you is almost secondary at that point, as long as you bear these external marks that we that we put on you. So there's like. A weird legalism that then results in antinomianism. <laughs> yeah, you can almost say that antinomianism is a is a uh, flavor of legalism. It just is its own legalism. Uh, it's not using. It's not actually using God's law. It's it's almost making a new law and applying that to you. Yeah, in a some ways they're not, not the opposite of each other, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're not yeah. at odds with each other. They're just sort of different flavors of the same poison 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just different reactions to the same wrong thinking about uh, the law. It, it's interesting, Lee, that uh, you started that you were talking about um, the American church and how we um, we almost are looking for that. Right. So 25 years ago uh, or 30 years ago, our church would I mean, I'm, I think um, based on what I've learned uh, over the years, I think our church would have been in a very antinomian place and um you know preaching antinomianism not knowing that you know i wasn't here but um most of us weren't um and i've heard about kids that grew up in the youth group at our church grew up in our church and were looking for more structure and so they went to the local church with the most structure there's a local place north of us that provides it's very legalistic and provides the very rigid you know dress codes and hair codes and what kind throw of music you listen to and all of that kind of stuff yeah throw out your tv all of that Special it's very pietistic very um holiness movement where you're um achieve holiness and like uh what do they call it final complete sanctification entire order. sanctification in entire this sanctification in this life um and and so that, that but it I think they were hungry to know like God's law, right? What, mm-hmm. To know because God gives us, I, I, I'm reminded of when you were talking earlier of Psalm 19. So I know it's Old Testament, but listen to how David, David loves God's law. Mm-hmm. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't think of like a modern mm-hmm. American Christians don't think of God's law. We think of it as, as burdensome and, and, mm-hmm. and rightly so but David looked at it like we do, like Christians mm-hmm. do, right? The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Um, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It goes, it goes, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold. Like So there's a, there's a genuine desire to... Um, uh, to know and understand God's law, because it is through that that we are made like Christ. That's how we know him, right? Through studying his word, yeah. through prayer, through applying these things so that we live like him and walk in deeper fellowship, deeper communion with him through obedience, through obedience to his word. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And, and it, it should be done like that like the psalmist there, like, I, you know, I don't know what, it's almost like Jesus had this in mind. You want to be like this, <laughs> you got to, you got to do this, right? Yeah. This is how you have to view. If, if you truly love me, you're going to keep my commandments and, and you're not going to keep them in a, in a purely, um, you know, like I'm in prison and I have to just go through the motions. These are the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but as in the way that David speaks, you know, this is this is so rich and pure and it enlightens my eyes and it and it is clean and enduring and righteous and true and it's just beautiful because it helps us to sweeter live. than honey from a honeycomb. Like who's yeah, read right. who's read Deuteronomy and thought that <laughs> <laughs> and yet <laughs> I think David, it's uh... shame on me. <laughs> Right. I, I think it's our, uh, our our buddy Paul Washer who uh, uh, talks about how you have a, a a young boy who whose father is going out and walking across the barnyard and he puts on his dad's old 
boots that are too big and he's trying to step in his father's footprints in the snow you know and he's doing it mm-hmm. imperfectly like he can't quite make dad's stride and he's not but the, but he you know he bears his father's name he identifies with his father i mm-hmm. am uh with my dad i am who my dad is i'm going to be more and more like my dad and so i am going to match those footprints which is like the law right now he messes it up but he's delighted to follow it literally follow mm-hmm. in his father's footsteps which is very different than this sort of legalistic we're gonna like grind you down into this and that and just like look for some reason why you're not doing it right you know and it's also different from eh, i don't need to i don't even care where dad said it <laughs> like i i i, I yeah. don't want to look like dad i i'm not in as a matter of fact i want to look like some other guy right mm-hmm. so it's it's a delight to walk in dad's footsteps, even mm. though you mess it up. <laughs> My yeah. version of the of the Paul Washer uh, old boots story is uh, putting on a, a a clip-on tie and trying to pick up my dad's suitcase or uh, briefcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think most boys do that at some point or another oh, yeah. with dad, right? That briefcase um, was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any any other thoughts on on this matter before we uh, ascend the library ladder? No, I think going once, going twice. Yeah, you you know, let me say this: the go back to the first John. Um, sometimes um, I'll just say this about Paul Washer. I I, I like Paul Washer, and I I've learned a lot from him. But he also kind of, and, and maybe this is his role. He kind of scolds right when he's preaching sometimes he does and, yeah and um and we need scolding but uh and that's what the law can do the law can scold us but i think it's so fascinating how when john is writing about it in first john and in the context of first john the time of his life and um you know he is clearly an old man but you know he's like a grandfather writing to his grandchildren and he so clearly loves them mm-hmm. so he's giving them the like the tests of of whether or not you're a believer and you got to obey his commandments you gotta you gotta love one another you gotta love the lord and, but the whole book is wrapped in love and I, I think that's important you know even at the end of galatians when paul is just taking them to task right from the beginning you foolish galatians he 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 says if anybody restores someone um who is, you know, um, I forget how it's worded, lost in a sin or trapped in a sin or something like that. Restore them gently. There's an element of, for Christians, it's, it's, we use the law in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not, yes, it can be crushing to us, but if we're viewing it like David in the Psalms or like John in, in, in first John, um, then it is conforming us to the image of Christ and it's done all and through genuine real love like love is not saying um you know you're sinning love is not saying that person's sinning but i'm not going to say anything i'm just going to give them some money i'm just going to like you know i'm not i'm not going to i'm not going to address the the sin love is actually saying hey hey, stop it you're killing yourself yeah that's the opposite of loving that person right yeah let them persist sometimes love makes it awkward in the room 
Yeah. Right. That. Yeah. That that's yeah. how it works sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Tough love. <laughs> is is what the culture likes to call it, but but love can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Steve, why don't we start with you? What's your library ladder pick for this week? All right, fellas, I brought this one. And I, after I left home, I started to question whether or not one of you guys had already used this one. <laughs> so I guess you'll, you can just let me have it with both barrels if that's the case. I don't, I don't think so, but if it's a good book, it's remember. worth recommending more than yeah, once. I may not remember. So this, I have uh, the attributes of God by A.W. Pink. I don't think did you guys do? One. Did one of you guys no. do that one? Okay, good. No, right. no. Oh, you're... very good. All right, good. You've not Ooh, been voted dodged... off of our podcast island. <laughs> I do I dodged that bullet. So the reason why I like this, uh, this book in particular, and but you know there are lots of books on the attributes of God. I think that studying the attributes of God is a great pursuit because the more clarity we have about who God is and his characteristics and attributes, the more clear we're going to be about the gospel. And we're the more clear we're going to be about how often he is misrepresented under yeah. by people who stand under the banner of Christianity that may or may yeah. not be long mm -hmm. there, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're, if, if somebody wants to, dig deeper and and understanding our faith you could do a lot worse than to just spend some time studying the attributes of god real men read pink <laughs> dana what you got for us hey the garden right by richard barcelos i was gonna barcelona's do this. back <laughs> yes this is the second this is the second book by Richard Barcelos. Um, this is all going into, uh, if we understand the beginning, the the, the um, covenants in the garden, we will understand all of scripture. This is an excellent book. I actually think I, I might be taking this with me on vacation to read again. Maybe not. I might just sit in the pool the whole time. But um, <laughs> this is a great, great book. This is an important book um, explaining uh why we believe what we believe nice very good um my recommendation uh one i couldn't find it on my shelf in time to record and two it wouldn't matter whether i held it up or not because my <laughs> library behind me would, it would disappear uh, would envelop it anyway so yeah um but it is called a treatise on the law and the gospel by a man with a very difficult to pronounce last name uh john cahoon c-o-l-q-u-h-o-u-n um i can't i can't say it's the definitive text on the issue of long gospel but it's pretty close um it's very good uh it's a read that that it's worth taking time to go through um the language is very precise and and not the most readable thing in the world um but but very beneficial so that's a treatise on the law and the gospel by John Cahoon. Tell that last name again. C O L Q U H O U N. No, hmm. that's not how you pronounce that. I, I like I said, I could be wrong, <laughs> but that's how I've heard people say it. <laughs> okay. 
How would you say it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't see it. I would say it on God based call, on that call, uh, spelling. Call I wouldn't even try. I would pronounce that. We're I would butchering pronounce this poor man's name who wrote wrote such a great book. He didn't deserve this. It, it, he would be angry if he weren't so busy partying in glory right now. Oh, well, sure. then he doesn't care. Okay. He's not hearing any of this anyway. So he has an interest in anyway. Just read his book. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.